Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I wanted to come in and say hi to everybody. <clears throat> uh, welcome to the Black Financial Channel. Uh, today, I'm going to talk to you about something that I thought was really interesting. It just kind of came to mind. I wanted to share it with you. It's what I call financial catfishing. Um, you've heard about catfishing when it comes to dating, basically somebody pretending to be something that they're not. Well, I'm going to talk to you guys about financial catfishing. So get comfortable, buck up seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that we are black first. Black first means we put our community at the top of our priority list. Black first means we educate our kids. Black first means we break generational curses. Uh, if you agree with the philosophy, put a B1 in the chat, put a hashtag B of the number one in the chat if being black first makes sense to you. Now, let me um, hop in and uh, and just, uh, first of all, I'll say hi to everybody. Shout out the city that you're from. My name is Corey. I see you from Baltimore, Cynthia from Michigan, uh, Dr. Lee from Minneapolis, Walter Jones, James White, uh, uh, Don Juan, et cetera. How you doing? Good to see everybody. All right, so <clears throat> um, let, let me just jump into this. Um, and I think somebody was asking, uh, how can you listen to the podcast? It's actually on Spotify, Apple, stuff like that. Just go to Spotify and look up the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. Um, all right, so I want to show you all a picture. And uh, everybody who's watching from Instagram, you can't see this picture, but I'm going to describe it for you. Uh, and once I describe it to you, you'll know exactly what it is. And if you really want to see it, you can actually go to the um, uh, you can go to the post right before this one and you can actually see the full video. Uh, Willie D actually shared this and I decided to share it. Now, look at that picture. Now, I believe that those are two. Those two women are the same. Those are two of the same woman. That's the same woman twice. Uh, but she looks dramatically different in the uh, first image than she does in the second one. The first image, uh, she's got a pretty big king size uh, forehead with, a, you know, a lot of acne and stuff like that on it. And uh, and then the second image, she's just looking like a supermodel, like she would put Beyonce to shame in this picture. Um, and the first image and the second image are so different that they're almost scary. Right. It's kind of crazy. And uh, and it's, it really just shows, you know, the miracles of modern makeup. I mean, Elon Musk is figuring out how to get us to Mars. But I figure space technology was advancing as fast as makeup technology. We'd be living on Saturn by now. And I want to ask you all a question. So when you look at this image, if you're a man, uh, anybody who dates women. So we, we don't discriminate here. So some of y'all may date women and you may be you may be a woman. And that's OK. We love everybody. Uh, if you date women in here, I want to ask you all a question. If you saw this, if this happened to you, if you went on a date with a woman and she looked like the the, the pretty version, and then she took off the makeup, or y'all had a nice wild night of you know some good hot, good hot, delicious, uh, you know, punk funky funk, and uh, the next morning she came out looking like that, would you feel betrayed? Yes or no? Yes or no? Would you feel like uh, now? You, how can you see the picture? Uh, you, you actually, I can't. I don't know a way to show it to you guys uh, that are watching on Instagram. So uh, just bear with me on this because I actually do have a point here, I promise. Would you feel betrayed? Would you feel kind of like, yo, wait a minute, this ain't right. This was false advertising. You lied to me. Just imagine a really unattractive woman. I'm not going to say, I mean, everybody's beautiful in the eyes of God, right? But just let's just keep it 100. <clears throat> she, would, she, she probably wouldn't rank on that left picture. She would not rank as a 8, 9, 10, 7, 6, 5. Right. Would you feel betrayed or would you just say, yeah, you know, that's makeup. Makeup is what it is. You know, makeup, you know, makes people look a little different. All right. So 
first off, I'm going to say this just to give a side note, but this is not the point of this podcast episode. I would say I feel betrayed. You know, I, I've been I've been a heterosexual black man for, for my life for my entire life now. And when I was dating, if you came up to me looking like the second image and then the next day I saw the first one, I'd have to know you real well. And you'd have to have a really amazing personality for me to overlook that mishap. Uh, I would probably feel like you kind of cheated me. And it makes me feel bad for her because uh, if you wear that much makeup and you look that different when people meet you and then they find the real you and they don't like the real you, then. Uh, then that may make you think that you got, you know, that you got the attention you were looking for, but really it's temporary attention, right? So maybe that's an advocate for us, you know, showing the real version of who you are. Um, I, I saw this a little bit actually when I became like a little more famous and everything else. I noticed I didn't know this, but I, I, I started noticing that there were women who would be in love with the image of me. They would they because they heard about me, they read my books, and and they fell in love with with this image of Doctor Boyce, but they didn't really care a whole lot about boys like they didn't really voice is not as interesting as dr boyce coco the little coco in me, the, me that's what they called me when i was a kid he's not the same as the image that some people may form in their head and that's actually one of the reasons why i love my wife and, and married my wife is because she knew me before i became whatever the world has decided to make me into that's probably why lebron you know had a choice of all these women all around the world but he married his high school sweetheart. So there is something to be said about somebody who knows you, loves you for you. So maybe this poor lady, I, I, I feel bad for her that she'd have to wear that much makeup because I imagine she gets disappointed because, you know, how can you get married? You can never take your makeup off because what you advertise isn't what they get. Let's move on from that. That is what some would consider to be catfishing. Now, would you all agree? Give me a yes or no. Would you call that catfishing or, you know, just false advertising or something? Let me know what you think. All right. So now why do I bring this up? Why am I talking about this? Uh, this is not a dating podcast. Sometimes we talk about relationship stuff. My wife's a relationship therapist. So, so sometimes we delve into that. But that's not why I wanted to do this topic today. Uh, I wanted to talk about this because I actually wanted to talk about another type of catfishing that a lot of you uh, don't think about or have never really been introduced to. But you probably, you'll know it when I describe it. You'll understand when I describe it. This is what I call uh, financial catfishing. Now, this is a type of catfishing that is mostly committed by men, right? Women, y'all trick us with the makeup and the fake hair, fake nails, fake booties, fake boobs, fake everything, right? That's why, you know, you got to do your research, make sure you figure out what's real and what's not before you overinvest in something, right? Or you'll get cheated. You'll be feeling like uh, FTX investors, Sam Bankman-Fried, who ran FTX, destroyed the whole crypto market because he made people think that it was one thing and then it turned into be something, it turned out to be something else. Um, well, you know, same thing happens with financial catfishing. With financial catfishing, this is where uh, a person, and in many cases it's a man, but sometimes it could be a woman, but it's usually men because for us, uh, you know, the amount of money we have is it's like having a big booty or nice boobs or long, pretty hair. You know, the amount of wealth that we have, men flaunt their wealth because they want female attention in some cases, not in all cases, but in some cases you'll see it all the time. Like you see rappers in a, in a hip hop song, they'll just, they'll flash how much money they have. And, and that's because that's like a mating call. That's saying, hey, hey girl, you want to get with me because I'm the baller, I'm the alpha, I'm the one who's got all the bread. So come hang out with me. And, and then women, you know, women pursue that very naturally. This is natural. This is biology. You can't really fight that too much. It doesn't mean money is always the number one motivator. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying 
that money does matter. If you look at and you look at just studies for thousands of years, the rich guy was always instantly more handsome than the broke guy. So if you're a guy that's complaining that women are interested in whether or not you can provide financial security, then you're complaining about something that's very natural. That's like complaining that men like women with long, pretty hair or complaining that men like women with nice booties. They all nice booties will always be in style no matter how often you tell us that that's not appropriate. Right. So so the same. So the thing is that a man having money makes him more appealing. Can we agree with that? On average, on average, not all the time, but on average, uh, men that have money and you know tend to draw more female attention. Do you agree with that? Let's let I'm ask some basic question. Give me a yes in the chat if you agree with the basic premise that on average men who have more money uh, tend to get more female attention. It doesn't mean you like men with more money. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about in general. In general, give me a yes. Okay. All right. So so financial catfishing to me is is what happens quite often, especially when you have a society where people are not all that financially literate. Uh, financial catfishing is where a man pretends to have resources, but he either doesn't actually have those resources or he doesn't intend on sharing those resources with you. Uh, I remember listening to a two short song back in the day, and I remember him talking about all the women that would sleep with him because they said, oh, he's rich. He's a rapper girl. And he said, my plan the whole time was I'm not giving that broke he used the B word that broke one damn dime. He used to say that. He said, I will, I'm going to take what you got, but you ain't going to get what I got. So so maybe in his case, I don't know how much money he had, but his whole plan, he rapped about it. His whole verse where he says, you know, I'm going to lure you in. I'm going to catfish you in with the money. You're going to be thinking you'll get the money, but you won't actually get it. You're, you're literally buying a lottery ticket where there is no drawing. There is no winner of this lottery or, you know, whatever, right? Now, what I've also seen is just cases where people just flat out pretend and they send a signal. In finance, there's a whole theory called signaling theory. And it literally thousands of research papers have been written on this topic. And, and signals are basically just indicators, signals that communicate something that you want people to believe is beneath the surface. Like, for example, uh, I was watching uh, the, uh, the uh, Tulsa King uh, with, with Sylvester Stallone, and he was explaining to this young guy, you know, what college is all about. He's like, College, college ain't about learning. He said, well, if college ain't about learning, then what's it about? He said, college is about going to, showing your employer that you have the ability to show up to some fucking place every single day and co complete a fucking task and get things done on a consistent basis for four fucking years. That's how, that's how he said it. Basically, he said college is a signal to show that you are able to start something and finish it four years later. That's what college is all about. It's not really about learning all this stuff because, you, know, you know, you can learn on your own. But that degree is a signal that you actually learn something where some people don't actually learn anything. The signal is a false signal. So signaling is really important. So what happens a lot of times is similar to like a mating call or peacocks. Uh, men, uh, people, men and women, we send signals to each other to make each other think that we are a certain thing, right? So if I am a baller, then I'm going to signal to you that I'm a baller, maybe because I'm wearing a you know $500 suit, maybe I am wearing some gator shoes, maybe I pull up in a in a in a in a in something nice, right? And, and and I'm signaling to you, hey girl, look, I got the bread, I have the money. And what is interesting to me is that um, because we don't ask the right questions, this is what I coach my daughters on, by the way. This, if you ain't got a daddy that ever told you these things, or maybe your daddy didn't understand economics that well. Let me just be your daddy for like a few minutes because I'm going to go ahead and just kind of tell you what I coach my girls on is that a lot of times people send false signals. 
a lot of times the people who send the biggest signals about how much money they have actually are the least financially secure in the group. In fact, actually, I'll even dare to say this. You know, I've been I've been considered a rich man for quite a while now. And what I learned also is that when I get around other rich people, a lot of rich people don't even want you to know that they're rich because they don't want to signal anything about how much money they have because they don't want you attracted to them just because of the money. Because I can tell you, when you get money, you have a long line of people looking to try to get your money from you. <laughs> they will lie to you, scam you, steal from you, rob you, whatever. That's why they have stories. Uh, Charleston White told a story about Nipsey Hussle rolling through the hood in a Bentley with the baddest girl on his arm with, 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 with a whole neck full of chains and how much envy that creates literally because he's signaling his wealth like you know but the problem is not everybody is happy for you some people actually want to see something bad happen to you right so uh, r.i.p to nipsey hustle he's a great guy uh, mm -hmm. and i thought he was he was brilliant but that's one area where i think that you have to think about how you carry your money so showing people how much money you have i don't know who that really benefits but i get it it's what we do especially when we're young or you get your money for the first time stuff like that so here's the thing um you know, with, with financial signaling or catfishing, um, it is when as many cases where somebody will signal to you that they are doing that they're one in one position, but really they're somewhere else. So. Uh, so, for example, I have seen a lot of examples of men that uh, that that will you know take a girl out, spend big money right in front of her, pull out a wad of cash, uh, drive a fancy car, have a really nice apartment or whatever and give some image that they're doing well financially and women will be attracted to that, especially women that don't know how to ask the right questions and don't know how to take the time to investigate the process or don't know what a real signal looks like versus a false signal. And then next thing you know, you've got with this person that you think is doing well financially when you find out that their finances are a complete mess. There are NBA players who make a million dollars a month whose finances are a complete mess. They make $12 million a year, but they have $20 million in debt. And then he's about to actually get booted out of the league and not have, and his income is going to drop. And then all his baby's mamas are going to sue him. And next thing you know, you're carrying around a lot of extra weight that you did not anticipate. I heard stories like this when I wrote my book, Financial Lovemaking. I wrote that book back in 2006. And I interviewed a lot of men and women about, you know, things like financial infidelity and, and, and stuff like that. And I heard stories like that all the time, especially for, and the, the stories that were most alarming were the stories of women who marry professional athletes because half of them do or just don't even give a damn or somehow they miraculously believe they're going to be in the NFL till they're 50. I don't know what they're thinking, but they literally end up, you end up thinking you got the prize when really you got the burden. You got a, a long list of problems. So, uh, so, so a, a couple of things I would say is that, you know, when you're talking about somebody that gives a signal, like they have a lot of money, I think a few things you might want to pay attention to is try to figure out um, if, if he's driving a car and he's living in a nice house or nice apartment or whatever, is that a condo that he owns or is that an apartment that he's renting? Is that a how is that a car that he owns or is he does he have a, a big car note? Uh, if he's spending money on you to impress you, uh, that should partially alarm you because some people spend a lot of money because it ain't nothing but a thing. Some people spend a lot of money because they're going to go broke. They get $1,000. They spend $1,001. So people do they do that end up going broke no matter how high their income is. There, A lot of times you'd be surprised at how little connection there is between how much somebody makes and how much money somebody has. 
A lot of people, you know, my grandmother never made more than $22,000 a year, her whole entire life. Yet my grandmother, who's actually, she, that's the Black Panther up here. Her, that Panther's name is Felicia, after my grandmother. Yet despite the fact that my grandmother never made $22,000 a year, she had more money than everybody in the family. I saw people making $100,000 a year that would go to my grandmother to get a loan. I kid you not. It blew my mind. I was like, how's the person that's making the least money got the most money? Well, because she did not spend what she made. She spent less than what she made. And so that means that she kept money. Whereas I saw people that made a lot of money and they thought that was an opportunity for them to spend more money. So they spent more than they made. I don't care if you make $10 million a day. If you spend more than you make, then you will be in a financial hole that is worse than somebody who makes pretty much nothing. So ultimately, when you're talking about uh, the right signals, I, I think just figuring out where people are in terms of debt is really a big deal, uh, especially if you're talking about locking in with somebody in a relationship. How much do you owe in student loans? Uh, how much do you have in credit card debt? Uh, watching their behavior. You know, you can, you can learn a lot about a person's uh, future by listening to them talk. You can just listen to them talk and watch what they do. And if you watch long enough and you listen long enough, you can predict the next five to 10 years of their life. If you're talking to somebody who's investing all the time, learning all the time and building all the time, then in five or 10 years, they're going to have something amazing. They're going to have that. That business is going to be booming. They're going to be um, in, in a, they're going to have a, a bunch of wealth. They're going to they're going to have a lot of knowledge and a lot of skill, certifications, whatever. Uh, but if you see somebody who ain't doing nothing. And every time they talk about money, they talk about what they're going to spend. Well, that person has a spending habit. That chances are that person's just going to run out of money and they're not going to really create or build anything. So I think looking at debt is important. I think watching how a person spends uh, is very important. Uh, there's, there's what I would call the spending illusion that says, like, if I want to impress a girl and make her think I have money, I take her to a fancy restaurant where the bill is 200 and something dollars. Next thing you know, she's having sex with me because I spent this money, which is the craziest thing to me. I never understood this logic that you trade your womb for, for cash or your womb for a good meal. I mean, isn't the black woman's womb worth more than just like, you know, a trip to like, like, like a steakhouse? Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm old fashioned or crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm like those people in Indonesia that just passed the law against premarital sex. But seriously, I, I never understood this idea that if I take you to Ruth Chris, that means you owe me access to all the goodies. I, that just, that, that's weird logic, but maybe that's what it is. And that's another reason why I think with daughters, you got to get, make sure they're financially intelligent so they don't have to make those weird trade-offs. They don't have to feel like because he's sending me $500 a month to help me cover the rest of my rent that I got to give him access to everything and catch every single disease that might be inside his body because he's helping me pay a couple bills. Seriously, makes no sense to me. I get it. If, you, if you're freaky and you just want to do it, then that's one thing. But if you're doing it because it's like, you know, like, okay, he bought me like he, he took me to Arby's three times. That just doesn't make any sense. So uh, so there's a spending illusion. Uh, debt, I think, also figuring out uh, when it comes to wealth, wealth is real simple. Wealth is basically net worth. That's it. Net worth. It's what you own minus what you owe. It's your assets minus your debt. That's it. That's all. I mean, that's what net worth is. Class dismissed. Have a good day. That's all net worth is. So what I would be curious about is... Um, Every person who brags about how much money they make, I really want the conversation to elevate and become one about net worth. What do you own in versus what you owe? Like, you know, do you have a assets that exceed your liabilities? Let me tell you a little secret. I know a lot of college graduates. 
I have been a college professor a very long time. And most black college graduates, not most, I don't know if it's most, but a large percentage have a negative net worth. They are poorer than the homeless people on the street. I'm not making fun of you. If you're in this category, I'm not dogging you. I applaud you. I applaud you because you're open-minded. I applaud you because you're looking at new ways to view the world. I applaud you because you're listening to this conversation. A lot of people aren't listening to this. You know, I'm not some ignorant rapper who's talking about how many babies mamas I got and how many Negroes I'm going to shoot tomorrow. So so that, that would get me, that would probably have a lot more people listening. So you're probably in the minority. But student loans have, have just wiped out black wealth. Um, culture is wiping out black wealth, meaning that culture determines what you do with the money that you receive. So, um, so asset acquisition is incredibly important. Minimizing debt or constructive use of debt is incredibly important. Uh, debt is, it's okay to get debt for anything you want to get debt for, but you got to know the difference between good debt and bad debt. Good debt makes you more money. Bad debt uh, is just debt. It's just, you know, like you go $10,000 in debt because you went to the jewelry store or you went on a vacation or something. Um, it's, it's your right to do that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be dead financially, but that's dead weight. That's like putting fat on your body and you're trying to be a competitive athlete. You can't be a competitive athlete if your body is, you know, if you have 60% body fat. That doesn't really work unless you're a sumo wrestler or something, right? So ultimately, uh, what you own versus what you owe, the, the key assets that people can own typically are in a few categories. Real estate, do you own, you know, so if I'm a woman, I'm trying to figure out if a man's really financially secure or not. I'm going to figure out, okay, do you own a house? And if you own the house, how much equity is actually yours versus how much belongs to the bank, right? Because just because I signed the mortgage doesn't mean I actually own it. The bank still owns it. I just get to occupy it. And I'm, I'm paying off the mortgage. Okay, so so equity in a home is is good. Um, stocks, owning stocks, consistently buying stocks. Like if I if I'm a guy who doesn't make a lot of money, but I put twenty percent of my income religiously in the stock market, well, that's pretty good. A guy like that is going to probably be in a decent financial situation in the next twenty years, assuming he's not doing anything crazy. Um, uh, also, uh, income helps. Income definitely can accelerate your pathway to wealth. But income must be compared to expenses. It's like a basketball team. How many points you score is very important for whether or not you're going to win the game. You got to score points to win the game. But if you score 110 points a game and you give away 120 points a game, then you're not going to win any games. You're going to lose every game. So the, the question is not just how much you make. The question is how much do you keep? So that's another indicator of whether or not a person is going to build wealth. When corporations build massive economic values, what they tend to do is they make a lot of money, they spend just enough to pay their workers, and then they keep the profits and they put the profits into their company's equity. The equity grows. Next thing you know, Apple's worth $2 trillion. If I want to measure Apple's net worth, I look at everything they own, I subtract their debt, and then I get this number, and that is what they actually own and control. The same thing that's true for Apple is true for a human being. So three ways people have ownership are real estate, stocks and bonds, and uh, a business, some sort of business. And then when you're talking about other forms of wealth a person can have, there's something called human capital. That That's basic things like skills and education, right? So, so when I was in graduate school and uh, I went on a date in, in graduate school with a girl from Detroit. Now, I love my Detroit people, but y'all love y'all's cars too much. Some, so y'all got some weirdos in Detroit. I love Detroit, though. I love my people in Detroit. You got some real good people in Detroit, but you also got some weirdos. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody from Detroit knows exactly what I mean. So this was one of the Detroit weirdos. And I remember I was getting my PhD. I went on a date with this girl 
And I'm about to graduate with a doctorate in finance. Like I literally was going to become an expert in money. And but I was broke. I didn't have a ton of money because I was still in grad school and I had a car. It was kind of what they what we used to call a hoopty. It was a raggedy ass Capri Classic. And I remember um, that I was telling this girl about this fellowship I got. I got a fellowship to go to to go to this school uh, because I uh, was a good student. And I told her how much money I, I got and everything. And she said, so I remember she said something like, well, if you got all that money, why don't you get you a better car? And I remember just looking at her with like complete disgust. Like I was like, is that all you see? It's like, what kind of car I'm driving right now? Like you have no vision at all, which tells me that you're not my type of woman. I need a woman with some vision. I need somebody that isn't just seeing what I'm doing right now. I need a woman that's going to see what I'm, what I'm going to be doing when I get this shit off the ground. When I really get this stuff moving, I need a visionary next to me. You ain't got no vision. You're looking like Stevie Wonder right now because all you can see is this car. That's all you see. And, and that was, um, I remember that was like really telling because I think that a lot of us uh, end up under, not understanding what it means to be able to invest in human beings and invest in the right people. See, some of the, I, I see sometimes I see, um, I think a woman's love is very strong when it's, when, when she's really dedicated. And I see some of y'all working on dudes that are just horrible fixer uppers. Like y'all got some real fixer uppers that just really aren't going to work out well for you. <clears throat> but then there are some guys, they have some real potential where they get the right person at their back, really pushing them along and helping them along. You might have a, a Ryan Coopler on your hands. Ryan Coopler, he's like that. He, his wife, girlfriend, I don't know what she, I have to look it up. But the woman next to him at all the award shows, she was with him when he was trying to become a writer and trying to break into Hollywood. Now she gets to go to all the Black Panther premieres. That, that's pretty cool. And they probably made 50, $50 million last year. I don't know how much he makes. But, but, but still, you know, and, and typically I find that when you grab the men like that or Barack Obama or something, you, you have to grab them before everybody else wants them. Because if you try to grab them after everybody else wants them, then a smart person, I think, is going to lump you in the category of all the other people that are chasing after him because he has some money. You know, my wife, my wife knew me 30 years ago. <laughs> I've met a decent number of women since that time. But, you know, but but there was a difference in terms of how we connected uh, because she knew me when I didn't have much of anything. Right. So so I would say overall, um, looking at what a person actually owns versus what they owe is really important. Uh, I think income does matter, not just income, current income, but earning potential. Uh, work ethic is very important. I think listening to, to someone and just listen. Just, if you listen long enough, somebody will tell you, you'll instinctually know the difference between a person that has real ambition and real follow through versus a person that's just yapping. Uh, but if you don't take the time, like if you have sex with them on the second date or something like that, then what's going to happen is you're you're already you're already on the crack pipe. Like you're already addicted to connected to this person. And what you see, you're not going to see it as clearly as you will if you're looking at that person from a distance. Uh, also, I think um, uh, how they make their money is really important. Uh, there are some professions you go into that have stable long-term income. There are some professions you go into that have short-term income. Like if you date somebody that's in the NFL, his earning potential is going to be big, but it's going to be very short. And so at that point, I'd be asking him, so what happens after football? What's the plan after football? If he has no plan, then that wouldn't be somebody I'd want to lock, lock into because you're, it's like buying a stock right before the price goes down. Once an NFL player is done, you know, remember when Kevin Samuels was alive, rest his, rest his soul, because he said some things that were true. He said some things I didn't agree with. But one thing that Kevin uh, said that I definitely didn't agree with was he kept talking about women over 35 being leftovers. Nobody wants you. I think that I did. I just I didn't. 
agree with that at all because I think there are lots of gorgeous women in their 40s and 50s and beyond. Uh, in fact, I got to a point where I, when I was single, I wouldn't date a woman under 35 because I like that maturity along with, you know, somebody that still looks good. Right. But anyway, but here's the thing, though. Uh, the same thing might be true when you're talking about a, a professional athlete. Uh, when when you're big and you're making money and every and everybody sees you on TV, then you're hot. Everybody wants you. But then uh, you know the 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 sort of aftermath. You know after that, when you're done playing football and you're not on TV no more, uh, you, maybe your education level isn't that high. Your income just plummeted. You, and you and if you were really wilding out, maybe you got a couple babies, mamas that are going to be taking the little bit of money that you have. And uh, I know a lot of former athletes from the NFL who had to take massive amounts of drugs just to stay on the field, um, including whether you're talking about steroids to to uh, anti-inflammatories that, that jack your body up and you got brain damage. And if you're a guy that didn't really spend any time learning or, or picking up another skill, then you're going to kind of you're, you're just not the. The, the best pick in the market, you know, and uh, and I'm not saying everybody ends up like that. You know, I know a guy named Curtis Conway, who's a he's a buddy of mine that lives in Atlanta and his wife is uh, he's married to Layla Ali, the uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter. Now, Curtis played in the NFL. Curtis was a track star, football star, all that stuff. But Curtis has done extremely well since that time because Curtis is a really super intelligent black man who who understood that there was going to be a lot of life to live after football's over. <clears throat> a lot of unfortunately, a lot of these guys don't know that they had nobody mentor them to help them understand that football is going to be a short part of your life. The rest of your life, you have to have a plan for that, too. So so um, so anyway, what else would I say? I think a couple other things just looking at how how people save and invest. So so I think one test might be. If somebody gets money, like just talk to them. If you're trying to figure out where somebody's going financially, just talk about money or just say, if you got, if you got $10,000, what would you do with the money right now? Or if you, uh, or, or just watch what they do and listen to what they say, but also watch what they do. Right. Uh, if somebody is always looking to spend, 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 um, that's not, not necessarily a crime. It's just, it's, it's a piece of data. It's just data and information. So so that's a little secret I would encourage you to do to make sure you don't get financially catfished because I see that happen all the time. And and sometimes people will think they're dating somebody that's a baller and they're not. And it doesn't just happen with men doing that to women. Uh, I've seen it happen with just people doing that in business. I've seen people run around and constantly, uh, you know, have people believe that they're wealthy, have people believe that their business is doing well, have people believe that they got all this money. And as long as they're never forced to prove it, then the belief just stands. The belief is, becomes reality because they're never forced to prove it. They're never forced to really write a check. So what I, one thing that I challenge people on is when you're telling me how much money you have, my thing is like, okay, I can write a check. Can you write a check? Um, you know, when I was working with Ice Cube on some um, some stuff with uh, politics, you know, we were trying to, you know, during the election and everything, he was doing a good job with that and standing out. And he, and he he's a fan of poweronomics like me. So when so when I reached out to Cube, I was like, gosh, I'd really like for him to uh, to buy some poweronomics books to support Dr. Innocent's Institute because we got to support black institutions. And also, I, I think we can do something good for the community, give the books away. So what I did to him is I didn't ask him. I didn't say, hey, can you write a check to buy these books? I said, I'll write a check. And if you match what I write the check for, I would appreciate that. So so whatever you spend, I'll spend the exact same amount. So that you understand that I'm not just all talk. I, I am action oriented, just like you. 
right? So a lot of times, if you want to know if somebody's really got some money, I, that's my, I, I really challenge them. I say, okay, well, write a check for something. Like, you know, you, you got all this money, you're asking me for all this free stuff. Well, here, here's something that shouldn't, you're a millionaire, $5,000 should be nothing for you. Write a check and then I'll believe you, right? Uh, because people will fool you. People will lie to you. So many people um, pretend to be things that they're not. And, and think about this. How often do people actually get forced to validate what they actually have? Not very often, right? So I would say that when you're talking about something as serious as dating somebody or marrying somebody, um, I'd like to really know what I'm getting into uh, because I've seen scenarios where people get into, uh, they get into the heat of a relationship and then suddenly all these little revelations pop up. Oh, by the way, I have 180,000 in student loan debt. Oh, by the way, my credit score is a 420. Oh, by the way, I got uh, this extra baby's mama that's going to be taking money out of the family bank account. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just lost my job. Oh, by the way, I was planning to quit my job as soon as I married you. Um, so you're going to have to pay the bills for now. And since you already told me that you love me and you told me that money and money doesn't matter, then you should then you can't go now because now you got to really prove that you're as loyal to me as you said you were. And I think that uh, loyalty is something that you give after you do your due diligence. You can't just jump into stuff. So anyway, that's my thought for today. Um, I, I, I don't think the term financial catfishing has been used anywhere else that I've ever seen. Um, and so I thought that I would share that with you. The name of the book is Financial Lovemaking. I wrote that book um, many years ago. You can find it on Amazon. And uh, my other new book is actually out there. Uh, it's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, you can actually get that on Amazon if you want to also. Um, and this book actually covers strategies that families can use to build uh, institutional legacies that are uh, economically strong. Uh, so, for example, I talk about how to form your economic family. Uh, we talk about uh, things like, um, you know, codes of conduct that are required in order for your institution uh, to actually survive and exist. Uh, we talk about creating fertile economic soil for your family. We talk about leaving a worthy inheritance. We talk about buying black and how that works in terms of uh, of building uh, your, econo your economic systems in your family. We talk about investing in healthy relationships and how important that is uh, to uh, becoming wealthy as, as a family. So there's a lot there in, in terms of it being simple yet effective. Uh, and, and you can apply this to your family and it will build your family wealth, I guarantee you. This is based on research uh, because as you know, the Black Business School, we talk about black people. We're black first. That's it. We don't apologize for that. Somebody just today actually said um, what, that, that because I, I tell everyone that we're black first, that I am a racist. And I said, if, if that's what a racist is, then then I must be that. The, uh, you know, I don't I don't claim the term racist. But at the same time, uh, I do put black first. I, I am here for the black community. That does not mean that if you're white or Asian or Jewish or whatever, that you can't come here. Yeah, you can come here. You can learn from us just like we learn from you. We send black people to white universities all the time. Uh, there are black people that attend Notre Dame. They're, you're not a white Catholic, but you know, but you're at Notre Dame, right? You know, you're learning from Catholic people. You can learn from everybody. So people are allowed to come in and learn. But the number one mandate for our community is that we have to have something that we don't get that often, which is specialized attention to our issues. You know, specialized attention to us. You know, it's like if you want to cure cancer, you got to have researchers dedicated to cancer. 
You can't have researchers saying, well, I'll get to cancer when, you know, if I have some extra time, you have to have cancer researchers that are focused solely on cancer or you want to figure, figure out, you know, the human brain. You have to have brain researchers. So the same thing is true with black wealth. We are black wealth researchers. That's what we're focused on. That's what we do. And we're very, very proud of that. So uh, anyway, guys, uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. If you want to see my other books, actually, that I have, um, I don't mention it that much, but it's there. You can go to drboycebooks.com. Uh, that's drboycebooks.com. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And I hope you'll um, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. And I'll come back later on. This was literally a random thought that I had. And I said, you know, I think I want to do a podcast on financial catfishing and uh, kind of give you some thoughts on that. So just take your time because people are shady. People will pretend to be something that they're not. But if you take your time, get to know people, listen to them carefully, eventually they will tell you who they are. And the biggest investments you'll ever make in your life are investments that you make in other people. You don't want to invest in the wrong people because that can destroy your wealth faster than anything. So take care, guys. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I'll be back real soon. Be good. Peace.